It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. PSENG, we make things work for you. And brought to you by the Mercedes-Benz Winter Event. Visit mbusa.com. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as we're recapping the Giants' 27-13 loss to the Ravens in Baltimore. Giants now drop their third in a row. They stand at 5-10. and Ravens improve to the opposite, 10-5, and as Baltimore now has won four in a row, keeping its slim playoff hopes alive. Could be an 11-win team that misses the playoffs, but right now focusing, of course, on the Giants' setback. And now, if Washington beats Carolina later today, and we'll certainly keep you posted on that game as we take you all the way through Mercedes-Benz Giants extra point, Washington would have an opportunity to win the NFC East. Bob, when you look at this game, a lot of numbers jump off the page and not for very good reasons from the Giants' defensive perspective. Baltimore 8 of 11 on third down, 249 yards rushing. This was the number one rushing team in the NFL. The Giants' defense knew they had to win the battle in the trenches and they had a rough time getting off the field today. I mean, listen, Baltimore had their way with them. Uh, they kept all their third downs short. I mean, the Ravens finished 8 of 11 on third downs. Uh, 10 of the 11 were four yards or less. Uh, they controlled the ball, 249 yards rushing. Lance, I just want to just bat something around with you. Um, if Philadelphia wins today, the Giants are also eliminated. Is that am I am I reading that correctly? If Philadelphia wins today, that would get them to five wins. So then somebody has to win the Philadelphia Washington game next week, and if it was to be Philadelphia, uh, then the Giants would be eliminated by virtue of their loss today. So if either Washington or Philadelphia wins today, the Giants are eliminated. Is that? That's correct, isn't it? That is correct. That would be a play-in game for the NFC East title, essentially, next week between Washington and Philadelphia. Right. So the Giant fans have to be Cowboys fans today, and they have to be Panthers fans today. They need both of those teams. But, yeah, Lance, look, the Giants played against a better team today. When you looked at this stretch uh, coming into the home stretch of the final four games with the Giants having won their four games in a row, um, you looked at it and you said, okay, uh, you gotta you gotta get one of these in this. You gotta win two of your last four. And to me, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But it's the Arizona game, and whether to start Jones and he wasn't really healthy enough or not. That game and the Cowboys games were the two that you really had to have. Like going into Baltimore and trying to beat this Ravens team with the way they play at home in the month of December, the type of team they have. You were asking for a lot. They were punching up in class, and they showed today why they're not in that class. The second class. half today, we saw some great throws by Roethlisberger down the field. He had Three to get rid of the ball. 2.2 seconds. Lance, are you there? Yes, I'm there. Terry I'm sorry. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw was very interested in our conversation, so I was a bit distracted, Bob. My apologies. You were running through the setbacks for the Giants in the last few games, and yeah, it's the game of coulda, woulda, shoulda in terms of the early season games, especially the nail-biters, Bob, the ones that came down to the wire especially in the division, because you lose to the Ravens and the Browns from a tie-breaking standpoint. Losses against AFC foes don't necessarily hurt you. 
but they tally up, especially when you don't take care of business early in the season. And this is when you start to highlight and you look back at those field goal losses, those games where the Giants had double-digit leads and couldn't close it out strongly in the second half. Yeah, well, just look at the the game in Dallas and the game in Philadelphia. Yeah. There's your season right there because, you know, the common opponent stuff and all that wasn't really going to matter because it's not like you were going to be in wild card races or anything like that. The NFC East, we knew from pretty much – week number six or week number seven that the rest of the way in the NFC East was going to be whoever wins the division is getting in and nobody sure. else. And here's the thing too, like, like you guys were saying, you know, you win the games you're supposed to, but if you're going to lose, you needed to take one of these losses to really hammer home the importance of winning the games that you can win. Because this one here will be a learning experience that they should not forget and a reminder of the importance of doing little things right in games that you should be winning because this was a game that they they didn't belong in. I mean, it, this was one that they should remember it for several reasons, but it, it's just a reminder, hey, listen, when you want to play with the big boys, you better be better be prepared to do all the little things right, and they are not at that level yet and that's where the games that you guys are talking about philadelphia in dallas where they could have started to get those things going earlier in the year so this one just hammered home with a sledgehammer exactly how far this team has to go whether or not they're alive or not and listen i enjoy the fact that people are disgusted or frustrated that uh this team is where they are right now. But let's just say it's good that they're having this discussion in December and not before Thanksgiving or by Thanksgiving. But that just, you know, just underscores even more why this team has to be better at executing, executing the little things. And, you know, a guy like Darius Slayton who broke out last year and teams went to work on him, now he's got he's to refine his game, play above the numbers. Yeah, and that's the other thing, Lance, that was that's been glaring in these games, whether it was, look, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best players in the sport. Um, obviously, uh, the Browns have some really talented skill position guys, but it really does show you that, you know, the Giants are lacking in players that play above the X's and O's. I mean, Ingram's a nice player. He's too inconsistent. You know, I know he went going to the Pro Bowl and all that, but, you know, and then the receiving core, look, you can win with guys like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, but they can't. They, they're not game breakers. Like they're they're good players to have, but as we've seen in all these other games, you need some guys that are just exceptional to make. How many how many fifty fifty plays did the Ravens make today? Yeah, about the majority of them. I mean, and you're talking about plays that should go for nothing, that go for twenty five, plays that if you just get the guy on, on the ground and it goes for one. No, he bounces off two guys, plows another, and gets another 10 yards. So these are the things that, you know, teams with championship character, they understand the magnitude of it, and they're willing to play above the numbers. So if you're not making the 50-50 plays and the really difficult ones, the other thing that you can't have, Lance and Carl, is you can't then have the easy ones that you don't make, like the Austin Mack drop on a third and four. I mean. You couldn't have handed the ball to him. Those are like momentum killers that, 
Look, you were going to have to do a lot of things great in this game. But when you needed the offense to get a first down early just to give the defense a little bit more time off the field and to maybe get some momentum and keep your own drive alive, like those are things that you can't have happen. And if you if you got an NFL uniform on and your do- job description is WR, wide receiver, then you have to be able to catch a pass like that. Yeah, it's not asking too much. I mean, if you can recognize – Zero coverage. You know you got one-on-one. Quarterback drops one in there over your shoulder. Yeah, make the catch. It might be difficult, but you're supposed to make it look easy because you're a wide receiver. You know, and that's what you got. You have to do those things. Mark Andrews goes up, makes a 20-yard catch in between three defenders. Gus Edwards rumbles and tumbles his way to 27 yards on a short pass. That's the difference between the Ravens and the Giants in this game. The other thing I'll add is you look at the fact that the Giants can't afford to have first and 10 at the Baltimore 19, give up now back-to-back negative plays and face a third and 22 and essentially be near knocked out of field goal range. I mean, those are also things that just can't happen, especially when you're down double digits as the Giants had to go through throughout the course of this game. So they fall to the Ravens 27-13. to Giants now 5-10, and and now they go towards the scoreboard and just watch as things progress between Washington and Carolina. We've got plenty more to tackle coming up here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We'll hear from Joe Judge. We'll continue to break down this game and look ahead to the matchup with the Cowboys in week 17. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by the New York Lottery is the Giants Daily Call-In Show on Giants.com every weekday from 12 to 1. All part of the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank. The archives can be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. We'll step aside as the Ravens top the Giants 27-13 and be back right after this. First and goal from the three. Jones slides left, throws left, touchdown, Shepard. That was the play of the game brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. The lone touchdown for the Giants in this game. It capped a 15-play, 76-yard drive that took 6.15 off the clock, and that made it what the final score turned out to be. 27-13 in favor of the Ravens. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. The Giants Power Report is brought to you by PSENG, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. And on the ground today, the Giants ran the ball just 12 times. And part of that was game flow falling behind for 54 yards. Wayne Goleman, 6 for 27. Alfred Morris, 3 for just 4 yards. And then Deion Lewis, Evan Ingram, and Daniel Jones each had one run, whereas Baltimore ran it 40 times for 249 yards. And the running disparity, by the way, is a big reason why there is a huge gap in time of possession as the Ravens held the ball for over 35 minutes in this contest compared to the Giants for 23. So there was about a 13-minute differential between both of these teams, and that was because the Ravens were able to put a lot of lengthy drives together, finish it off with touchdowns, and a big reason why the Giants are in the position they are is because when they fall behind, all of a sudden they can't be as balanced as they would like. And here to me is a stat that spells it all out. Giants are now... 4-2 and two this season when they score first. They're 1-8 and eight when they don't score first. And that shows you what the Giants have been up against throughout the course of this season. For more game analysis, check out Giants Rewind each week for a breakdown of the X's and O's with analysis from one of our Giants legends, all part of the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank, available on your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com 
and the Giants mobile app. We will step aside when we come back. We'll get more into this victory for the Ravens over the Giants, 27-13, to as the Giants now turn their attention to the scoreboard. A Washington win will wrap up the NFC East for the Washington football team. We'll keep you posted on that and more as we move along. We'll be back right after. Member FDIC. Snap is good. Kick on its way, and it is true blue. He has just tied the Giants' record for the most consecutive field goals made with 29 in a row, tying the record set by Josh Brown. And Josh Brown had originally set that mark between the 2014 and 15 seasons. As that highlight brought to you by Oikos Triple Zero, the official yogurt of the New York Giants. Oikos Stronger makes everything better. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. Giants falling to the Ravens in Baltimore, 27-13. So the Giants now 5-10 overall in the season. They have lost three in, a, three in a row, excuse me, as the Ravens have won four straight now, improving to 10-5. Baltimore also now 12-1 in games started by Lamar Jackson in the month of December as Baltimore trying to grab at least a wild card spot in the upcoming postseason. We're monitoring Carolina and Washington. That game is scoreless in our nation's capital. And Dallas and Philadelphia just kicking off in Texas. So we will monitor those games as we move along here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. In the meantime, let's open up the lines at 877-337-6666. Tyler is in San Diego, and he joins us. What's happening, Tyler? Hey, guys. Yeah, so I just cannot tell you how disappointed I am with the way this season has turned out. And let me let me just say, I wasn't one of the guys saying they were going to make the playoffs and win the division. All that's a farce. They have five wins. And being in it in December with five wins is ridiculous. But what bothers me is just how much the team has regressed. I mean, they were in games against good teams a month ago. Now, I mean, they've scored 26 points this month. The Jets have 70 points. It's 2020, and they can't get more than 26 points in a month. The the defense has completely gone backwards. They've gotten blown out in three straight games. It just I feel like a little bit of the luster of Joe Judge and his staff are gone. And don't even get me started on Gettleman. Ten-plus losses in his three years as general manager. It doesn't get any worse than that. I just wanted to see progress. And you can't honestly sit here and say, hey, this team is better than it was with Shermer. Shermer had five wins, too. What's the difference? Big difference. Am I wrong when I say that? Yeah, I think you're very wrong. Uh, They got blown out in a ton of games last year. Um, they They are much grittier. They play harder. Uh, they play. They play smarter football. They're undermanned um, in a lot of areas. I mean, that's a factor. You know, last year, even though he was hurt, even even though he wasn't a hundred percent, he missed. I don't know what six games or whatever. They still had Saquon Barkley for ten of the games. They don't have him. Um, I, I think Joe Judge is building something here, and uh, Carl, I, I just disagree completely with you know what what the listener has to say about this team that the luster is worn off Joe Judge no one said that this thing was going to be uh well, fixed right away yeah well see the the i think the critical um misstatement or mistake i think this caller just made is like he's saying he had no expectations but yet you talk about how the team has underperformed well listen you should have some expectations as the team is still in it in december 
whatever the record is, the rest of the division's right with you. So you should be excited to have this conversation. And yes, your your disappointment is righteous if you're saying you want them to get into the playoffs and all the opportunities that were missed that could have gotten them uh, past this game with a loss and still be viable. But don't say that there hasn't been progress. There's a lot of progress in terms of how this team is structured, uh, the way the team is playing, and even the type of players that are on the field now. Not all of the improvements are going to show up as victories, but you can see the coordination of everything. If you don't like Patrick Graham and what he's done with his defense based on today or based on last week, there's something wrong with you because I think they're a much better coordinated defense uh, than what they were under James Betcher. I think they come into every game with a plan, including today. They had a plan. They just got they just were in with a heavyweight and got the snot knocked out of them. But they had a plan. They just couldn't execute it. Um, I I just I don't agree with that assessment. I don't. Yeah, listen, um, from a personnel standpoint, look, this was something that Giants fans and media and everybody talked about. The Giants need some sort of legitimate stud pressure guy. Mm-hmm. They have nobody to do that. That's fact. They've done it creatively this year. They figured out ways to do it, but for the most part, that's an area they need. Yeah, Lorenzo Carter is an the, unknown. We we yeah. thought he would be that guy, but he got hurt. We thought he might be. Uh, the the cornerback position has been a problem opposite Bradbury. Mm-hmm. You know, they they've run through a bunch of different guys, starting with Corey Ballantyne and. Uh, they brought in Yadam, and they've used a host of. They need a legitimate corner. They they probably they probably need two corners. Um, you're hoping that Xavier McKinney, you know, he's going through basically what training camp would yep. be as a rookie. Uh, so you feel confident there. And then I think on the flip side, remember something. I mean, you got a couple rookies starting on the offensive line, including a left tackle. You got a rookie left guard because Lemieux is a better player than Hernandez who has not lived up to his billing. Mm-hmm. You, you got a first-year center. Um, you still need to upgrade your right tackle position. Um, so I think that there's there's things there that you're going to build upon. And they got to get a better wide receiver in there. I mean, the guys that they have right now are good, but they could use a better wide receiver. Well, and to that point, Bob, they need a, a better wide receiver, but they need the receivers they have to play better, including Evan Ingram, including Darius Slayton. Now, Darius Slayton is on the ascension, but he has to understand, too, there's there's levels to just to being a wide receiver other than just being fast and being able to run by people. you got to make competitive plays. you got to make plays above the number. That's what you need. <clears throat> Evan Ingram, number one, consistency. Number two, make the plays that gives you the advantage over guys that can't guard you. Yeah, and I mean, I, I fear that in the case of Ingram, Ingram is a nice player that is going to always leave you wanting more. I mean, it's four years in, and it's kind of a lot of the same stuff. Um, you know, is it going to ever get rounded out, or are you going to get some incredible highs with him, and you're going to get a lot of low points with him? Well, consistency, just be consistent at one. Be good or be bad. You just can't be in between because you end up being a heartbreaker as a guy a guy with his talent. 
All right, more bad news. for whoop, Nope, Jalen Hurts stepped out of bounds, so that's not a touchdown. All right, Lance, take it away. Yeah, it looks like they're going to call back that touchdown. I'm watching it with you guys. It looked like the Eagles were going to go up 6 nothing, but they're reviewing this, so in all likelihood it will stay scoreless, also scoreless between Washington and Carolina. And, guys, before we wrap up with you here, we don't know whether or not next week's game is going to be meaningful, but they will have an opportunity to go up against the Cowboys, a team they lost by 3-2 earlier this season. And at least putting the NFC East title to the side for the time being, because we don't know whether or not that's going to be up for grabs. An opportunity for the Giants to finish up 4-2 and two against the division next week, and that's something that they haven't been able to achieve in quite some time. Correct. Lance, next week's game is a meaningful game whether the Giants have a chance to make the playoffs or not. You do not want to end the season on a four-game losing streak. You do not want to get swept by your one of your division rivals. And if you are building toward and creating a culture and a mindset for accountability and how the game should be played as opposed to how it shouldn't be played, next week's game is meaningful just for that reason alone, whether they have a chance to make the playoffs or not. So it'll be the Giants and the Cowboys in MetLife Stadium next Sunday. Guys, always appreciate the time and the insight. We'll speak to you then. Hey, All right. Meadow, happy new year to you, my man. Same to you. A happy and a healthy to both you, Carl, as well as our entire team. And when we come back... We will hear from head coach Joe Judge, who Bob just alluded to, in terms of how he's taking this loss, 27-13 to the Baltimore Ravens, as the Giants now have one game remaining on the schedule in the regular season. Will there be postseason hope still alive? Time will tell. We'll keep you posted on that front and more as we move along. We'll be back on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point right after this. Joe Judge, you listen to Giants football on the fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow with you as we are recapping the Giants' 27-13 loss to the Ravens. Giants now 5-10 on the season. In terms of the NFC East race update, you have Washington now trailing Carolina 6-0. Steven Sims muffing a potential punt return. Carolina then recovering it in the end zone. Carolina, though, missing the extra point. So the Panthers strike first 6-0 over Washington. The Eagles struck first against the Cowboys. Miles Sanders, a rushing touchdown, 7 nothing Philadelphia over Dallas in Big D. In the meantime, the coach's press conference brought to you by the Mercedes-Benz Winter Event. Visit mbusa.com. Let's listen in to what head coach Joe Judge had to say following the team's loss. Wise and how that how and what, what went wrong. This meeting is that. being recorded. Yeah, it wasn't an issue in terms of energy or uh, anything emotionally or mentally getting ready. We just got to execute fundamentally better. That's the thing. We have to tackle better. We have to get off blocks better. We got to make sure we, you know, put the guys in the right call to help them, to give them, you know, some kind of an advantage to the scheme that we're seeing. You know, obviously they made some adjustments in their scheme going this game to account for some of the things we did. You know, we got to some different coverages and different fronts later in the game. You know, slowed them down, gave our guys a better chance. Uh, but we've got to do some things earlier in the game as coaches and players to start faster. You know, we knew going into the game this was a team that, you know, first quarter was a big edge for them over all their opponents. Uh, we knew it was going to be a fast start type of game, and we've got to react better to that. Pat Leonard, Daily News. Hey, Joe, what do you attribute the, the poor tackling to? Um, do, do you think that the guys weren't in the right spots as far as adjustments that needed to be made, or was it poor technique, or, you know, how did you account for that? I think ultimately, I mean, that's something that's been a strength for us as a team this year. Our guys have really improved in tackling in space and in-line short space tackles. You know, so to be honest with you, that's surprising today to see that. Um, we've got to do some things fundamentally better to make sure we uh, make the tackles, keep our feet moving, keep our eyes up, wrap. And uh, we have to do a better job coaching that throughout the week to make sure it doesn't show up on the game day. And uh, on offense, what did you think of Daniel, how he looked, how he played coming back? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Daniel looked the way I expected him to look out there. He played confidently, didn't look hesitant with anything he did. Um, gives a chance out there. I, you know, I thought Daniel did a lot of nice things today. I mean, ultimately, as a team, it wasn't enough. Uh, but in terms of how he moved around, come up the injury, no, I thought he looked better. Paul Schwartz, New York Post. Hey, Joe. Um, your team has lost three straight, you know, uh, down the stretch here. Um, you have not talked about the playoffs at all. Um, really much all season, unless asked about it. If, if you find out later today that your team is officially eliminated, will that change anything in your head about the job you've done, the job the team has done, and anything about this season? No, our focus is on getting ready for the Cowboys next week. Again, we don't have any control over what happens in other teams, other games today. You know, we had the ability to control our first 15 games. The results of those games are what matter. You know, in terms of where this team is headed, what we've been able to accomplish this year, in terms of the foundation, the culture, we've improved it a lot of playing across the board, a lot of players and a lot of development from young guys and new guys this program. So, no, I mean, the end result is what we're looking to get going in this program. I feel we're on the right track, moving in the right direction. Thank you. Jordan Ronan, ESPN. Hey, Joe. You played this four-game stretch. This is like the end of the stretch. where You played against winning teams. Uh, you won the first. You lost the last three. You obviously had a backup quarterback in there for two of those. What did you learn about your team during this stretch? Well, I think I learned a lot about our team in the early season stretch, Jordan. All right, when we were, you know, 0-5 and 1-7. And, and you find out right then that you've got a team that comes to work every day and is committed to everybody as far as getting better collectively. Uh, I learned how mentally tough they were through that stretch. I learned how folks they were and committed to really getting this thing going direction one. And I'm not trying to take shortcuts, but learn to do it the right way. So, look, the results of the last three games are what they are. You know, we're paid to win games. That's what it is, professional football. We have to do a better job coaching, better job playing. We have to do more things to help us win the games. But ultimately, in terms of the character of the team, the work ethic of the team, the toughness of the team, you know, we've got the right start to who we're working with and the direction we're going right now. We just got to make sure we do more on the field that tangible results. Tom Rock, Newsday. Joe, you mentioned a couple of times that uh, you would have liked to have seen the changes to the scheme, I'm, I'm guessing defensively, uh, come around a little bit earlier. Uh, well, why didn't they? No, I thought Pat did a good job getting to the scheme when he got to it and slowed him on down. You know, there's some adjustments continuously throughout the first half. You know, we changed up how we did some coverage in the back end, you know, to tighten up on the receivers. You know, we played a scheme early on to kind of handle a lot more of the run. I think Lamar came out and did a really good job throwing the ball. They were making some contested catches, but we wanted to tighten the windows up on them a little bit. We are letting up some easy receptions early on. And, again, with this team, the folks have stopped the run. Um, Pat made some adjustments. We were able to slow them down a little bit offensively. And then we got to stay on the field a little bit longer offensively to go ahead and help the defense out in the back end. We play good complementary football. All three phases have to play together. And then, uh, what was your what was your take on the uh, when they picked up the flag there late in the first half? Uh, obviously, you guys you guys were really hungry for a touchdown there. On the uh, talking about the pass interference call right there. Yeah, yeah, and they picked it up. I mean, look, it it was what it was. They explained it. Um, we're not going to go ahead and have any kind of you know courtroom on the field and change what it was. So we went out there, kicked the field goal, took the points. We had to move on right there. But, you know, they saw what they saw. And you know, I watched the tape and see if I see anything different. We'll take two more. Matt Lombardo, Ed Valentine. Matt Lombardo, fan-sided. Hey, Joe, it seemed like on the two touchdowns, the one to Des Bryant and the one to Marquise Brown, they were pretty wide open in the back of the end zone. What happened there? Was it just miscommunication? Did they find the soft spot in the zone? Yeah, I think anytime that someone's that wide open, yeah, anytime someone's that wide open, there's obviously some kind of breakdown, you know, within the scheme. You know, we got to make sure we do a better job getting 11 guys playing on the same page. There's never one guy there. 
you know, it's easy to go ahead, you know, and look back at the tape and try to circle someone without having all the information of what the call was, what the scheme was, what the communication pre-snap may have been. We got to take a look at that and make sure that, you know, we don't ever have that happen again. It's not something we've had a lot this year. Our guys done a really good job communicating and playing ahead. You know, we had it twice today. That's something we have to eliminate. You know, it's tough to stop any team when you let guys just run free. So we have to eliminate that. Last, last one here, Ed Valentine, Big Blue View. Hey, Joe, you know, you talk so much about progress, but, you know, you guys have lost three straight. You've been outscored 73 to 26 in those three games. Um, how do you make an argument at this point that you're still making week-to-week progress? Yeah, I don't have to make an argument on that, Ed. I can turn the tape on every week. I can watch with our players. I can see what we improve on every week. I can see what we're deficient in. We have to improve on that week and put the focus on the next opponent coming up. So, again, look, I'm not trying to make an argument for anything. You know, the tape really tells the truth. Our guys are, you know, big believers on watching what's on tape and address what we have to internally and moving forward by working hard. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. You're all set. So that was head coach Joe Judge speaking with the media following the Giants' 27-13 loss to the Baltimore Ravens as the Giants now have lost three in a row, 5-10 and overall on the season. We will step aside when we come back. We'll get you caught up with everything else happening across the NFL scoreboard in Week 16 and also the latest in terms of what is developing in Washington and Dallas with two divisional foes still mathematically in the mix for the NFC East title. We'll step aside and be back right after this. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Alongside Jeff Fiegels, I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you as we're recapping the Giants' 27-13 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And, Jeff, we've talked about this so many times, the fact that when the Giants have to play from behind, they're just unfortunately not built to come back and try to pull off unbelievable victories that way because they have to abandon the run game and be pass-heavy. And you look at the offensive line and what they went up against with that Baltimore front and the Ravens' offense just being able to control the pace of the game. Very difficult circumstances for the Giants to try to dig themselves out of today. Yeah, they're just not built for it yet. I mean, this team, you hope, is going to be built in the right direction with Coach Judge and and his coaching staff and uh, the organization and being able to build this team that the way that they want to. But, you know, Lance, this team, um, you know, you look at some of the other players and the way that they make plays down the field. I know that Bob and Carl had, had talked about it. It's the truth. I mean, you know, these are types of things that have to happen when you're in a game and wanting to claw back. Uh, and somehow, some way, you got to make plays. And, you know, the games that the Giants have won this year, we could go back and look at the tape and look at our notes. And on those tapes and on those notes, there was guys making plays. Um, and, and we've talked about it enough. Of course, you and I have touched on it, you know, plenty of times. So uh, you got to be able to do that. And, and by the way, you know, the Ravens team on paper and on tape and the game today goes to show you that this is probably one of the best teams the Giants have played all season. Uh, they've hit their stride. They're, they're uh, trying to make it into the playoffs, and they have really come around offensively. Uh, that offensive line today was outstanding for them. Their defense, as we knew, coming into the game was going to pressure you. Uh, at one point in time, I saw nine guys at the line of scrimmage. That was when they had when the Giants had those back-to-back uh, offsides penalties because the communication and Coach Judge at the beginning of the of the uh, uh, in our interviews with him at the beginning of our pregame show was saying that pre-snap communication. Well, that was uh, that was kind of a misfire there. So lots of things gone wrong. Um, I think that it's hard to understand how something like this can happen to a team that's been playing so well but now this offense has just sputtered now for four weeks in a row 
Yeah, the offense has scored just 26 points in the last three games, less than 10 in each of the previous two. Today they got over 10, but they still only managed to get 13 points. And you, know, you talked about players making plays. I mean, case in point, Jeff, you go back to the winning streak and the victory yeah. over the Bengals, right? They won 19-17. Well, what was the biggest play in that game? Well, it was the fact that Jabal Sheard came through with the strip sack, right? Yeah. After the Bengals looked like they were going to be in field goal range to perhaps walk away with a 2019 victory. Then you look at the Seattle game. Okay, Russell Wilson's got the ball late in that contest. They're trailing 17-12, and Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers make a play you know, down the field when Russell Wilson was trying to throw up a prayer to try to salvage the drive. So, you know, those plays were to be found. They also got a lot of t- takeaways during the four-game winning streak. And what happens when you don't have those opportunistic plays, Jeff, right? You got to get off the field on third down. You have to showcase the fundamentals. And when that's not showcased, you don't have something else to sort of overshadow that. And I think that's been noticeable during this three-game skit. The other thing that's been noticeable in the in the three games get is that when you looked at the Giants at the beginning of the year of their red zone production, they were they were atrocious. Then all of a sudden they started getting better in the red zone. And what happens? Their wins come through. The wins start coming through because they're good in the red zone. They're they're taking the ball away. They're not turning the ball over. They're making plays. Go back and look at these last three or four games. That has been the story. No big plays, no production in the red zone. And really, you know, the turnovers, they've done okay with the turnover department. But, you know, as far as you and I are concerned, on fourth downs, when you don't get anything, that's like a turnover. Um, so, of you know, there's just it's just trying to be efficient. And the execution, both offensively, defensively, and special teams, has just not been there. Um, and it's, it's really difficult to watch sometimes. This game at one point in time was just, you know, they, they, they were just getting the, – the Ravens were doing whatever they wanted to do with them. Um, you know, the Giants pass rush was so poor today. They didn't, I think they hit him one time, Lamar Jackson, no sacks. They let him rush for 80 yards. Um, you know, and that, and the Giants offensive line just had a miserable second half. Now, a lot of people say, oh, they did okay in the first half. Well, they didn't have the ball much in the first half. So I'm just going to write that one off. But the second half, they were sacked six times and three consecutive sacks. So that's, that's got to get better. And, you know, that defense for the Ravens, they mix it up. And, uh, Wink Martindale, you knew that that was going to happen. But, you know, a lot of times if you don't have the players to be able to uh, to go out there and execute what they're going to do against you, you're going to get your butts kicked. And that's what happened today. Baltimore, 11 quarterback hits to go along with the six sacks that they were able to record. And remember, this is on the heels of an Arizona game in which the Cardinals got eight sacks in that contest. So that definitely showcases an issue in terms of the battle in the trenches. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. The Jets beat the Browns and lock into the number two pick in the NFL draft. Listen to Boomer and Geo tomorrow morning from 6 to 10, WFAN, WFAN FM, New York. We were talking about offensive struggles. The other statistic that I want to throw out that highlights Jeff's point, the Giants won for six in the red zone in the last two games. This was a team that started four of 16 in the red zone in its first six games. Then it improved 13 of 21 over a stretch, but now all of a sudden one for six in the last two games. It adds up to a 27-13 victory for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll step aside when we come back. We'll hear from Daniel Jones, get his perspective on his first game back after missing the Cleveland game due to ankle and a hamstring injuries. We'll be back right after this. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz 
Giants extra point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you as the Ravens top the Giants 27-13. to We're going to hear from Daniel Jones momentarily. But first, the player of the game brought to you by the members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers. ELEC 825 building our future. And today's player of the game is wide receiver Sterling Shepard. He led the way with nine catches for 77 yards and the lone touchdown for the Giants that capped a lengthy drive to ultimately end with a final score of 27-13. to 13. I mentioned it's time to hear from Daniel Jones and his conversation with reporters brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. Let's listen in to the Giants starting quarterback. Hey, Daniel. Um, how um, um, frustrating was it with the start? Uh, not a start you guys wanted at all. And um, number two, you only ran the ball once late in the game when you had to. Um, how did your legs feel? Did you feel confident if you needed to run, you could? Uh, yeah, you know, we didn't start the game uh, like we needed to and, and uh, you know, shot ourselves in the foot uh, there early to, you know, on, on a couple plays, weren't able to convert third downs and, and uh, you know, that, that hurt us, put us behind, uh, dug a little hole for us. So, um, yeah, we got to look at that stuff, got to clean it up. Uh, makes it tough, you know, when you put yourself in that position. Um, health-wise, I feel good. I feel um I'll feel a lot better, and, and I'll continue to uh, continue to work on that, and continue to to progress. Thank you. Ron Ron ESPN. Hey Daniel, uh, the second half there, they really seemed to turn up the pressure. Got a bunch of sacks, a lot of hits on you. What what changed there? What, what did they do? Was it them doing something different, or you guys ex- not executing? Uh, yeah, you know they they deserve credit. They were. Um, you know, yeah, they they were pressuring and, and uh, found different ways to, to bring it. So, um, you know, I got to do a better job seeing it and getting, getting the ball out in a lot of those situations, um, you know, where they're exposed in the back end and, and, and in coverage. So uh, we'll look at that and uh, and learn from it. Um, and, you know, I certainly have to do a better job. Here. And how do you feel coming out of the game? I feel good. Scott Leonard, Daily News. Hey, Daniel, if they're – after a game like this and a stretch of three losses like this, you know, when you think about this whole season, if we don't know what's going to happen this, this afternoon, but if you guys end up getting eliminated from the playoffs, can you look at this season and say you've seen significant progress from yourself and the team coming off of a, a tough loss like this? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we're certainly not, uh, you know, there's no, there's no moral victories and to, to not get the result is, is disappointing. And, and, um, you know, by no means is anyone okay with that, but, but there are things that, you know, positives we can take from, from today, positives we can take from, uh, you know, where we've improved throughout the season as an offense, um, and as, and as a team. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to, to look at those things. We'll continue to, to study ourselves and, and learn what we what we still need to improve on, but um, I think throughout this season, this team has has uh, you know improved week to week. We'll take two more. Ryan Dunleavy, Jim Williams, Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post. Daniel, back to what Jordan was asking about the pressure they were bringing. There was one series where you were sacked three straight plays, uh, where they were bringing it off the edge. Were you not? Were you and Gates or whoever back there not identifying the un? block blitzers you said you have to get it out quickly but you, i mean you were you would have had to get it out in like half a second there uh yeah you know just got to do a better job 
with all that stuff, identifying it and, and getting the ball out uh, quickly. How much of that has to do with the score, Daniel? I mean, it reminded me of the Cardinals game. When you're down big, obviously teams with the slow start you guys got off to, when you're down big, obviously teams are going to bring more pressure. Yeah, you know, they, they know we have to throw in those situations and they're either going to play coverage or, or, uh, or pressure you. So uh, you got to do a better job handling and, and uh, getting the ball out. So that was Daniel Jones with reporters reflecting on the pressure that he saw throughout the course of this contest. 11 quarterback hits for the Ravens, six sacks. Today's scoring drive of the game brought to you by Investors Bank. Get the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit InvestorsBank.com slash Giants for more details. And we head to the fourth quarter when the Giants put together a 15-play, 76-yard drive. It took 6.15 off the clock, and it resulted with Daniel Jones hooking up with Sterling Shepard from three yards out for the lone touchdown for the Giants as they fell to the Ravens 27-13. to And when you look at the Giants' touchdown total, in terms of the last few games, the Giants have managed just two touchdowns, Jeff, during this three-game losing streak. They had one against the Cardinals, none against the Browns, and then one today against Baltimore. Hard to win games under those circumstances. Yeah, no matter who you are, really, in the National Football League, especially today. I mean, um, in today's game, you got to get in the end zone. And, you know, it, it's, it's difficult that if you have an offense that can, you know, take a drive down like you just mentioned – um, and then all of a sudden you get down into the red zone and that field shortens on you, um, that's when you got to rely on your running game. And you didn't have it today. You haven't had it in the last three or four weeks. When you look at the, the way that these games are going, the Giants are playing from behind where they have to abandon their running game. And you look at the attempts that Wayne Gallman has gotten and now in the last four games they've gone down every single week. Um, you just It's very difficult to score. And so you've got to be able to have a running game. And if the Giants can't run the football down in the red zone, they're not going to be able to put it in. But to your point, Lance, uh, if you're only going to score one touchdown, two touchdowns in four weeks, uh, you're you're not going to win many games. Well, and it's no coincidence, Jeff, just to piggyback off of your point, that during this three-game losing streak, they've had less than 30 carries in every single game. 17 against the Cardinals, 21 against the Browns, and then today, 12. Whereas during the winning streak, notice the trend was they were up in the mid-30s, and even one game they had 42 carries against the Cincinnati Bengals. Why? Because when you're playing from the front as opposed to the back, it completely changes the dynamics of the offense. Well, stick with us. If you are listening to us on The Fan here in New York, we will be right back with more post-game coverage. But it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants' digital platforms. Final score, Ravens 27, Giants 13, as the Giants now fall to 5-10. and 10. Overall, they await the results of the Eagles-Cowboys-Carolina-Washington games to see whether or not they will still have hope for the NFC East title next Sunday against the Cowboys. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants radio network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.